Hello and welcome to Public Speaking The Tips. You're here for a reason, and so I'd like to start by asking, what is your why? Uh, we all have public speaking opportunities, and I want to break this down, whether it's within our family that we speak, for our team, maybe we're giving a presentation um, for our team, uh, whether it's public speaking that we think for an audience, it could be um, you could be a minister, a person of faith that you speak to your community. You may be a guest speaker. This course is for everyone and asking ourselves, why are we here? What do I want to get out of this is really important because we're all here for our own reason. Do you get interrupted when you speak? So whether it's virtual or in person, are people talking over you? Uh, the key to effective communication is listening, and most people do not know how to listen. So this is not advice giving. It's actually saying, I hear you say, and the other person being validated. Uh, so we listen to what is being said as well as how it's being said. Okay, so you're hearing my words and you're also getting a transcript outline of this, but you're also hearing how I'm speaking. You're also looking at my body language and I do talk expressively with my hands. Uh, so nonverbal communication is up to 93% nonverbal. What is important for your public speaking is to be aware of this, that people are watching the nonverbals and they're experiencing the tone and the emotion of how it's being said. Speaking is a skill. So that's really good news for all of us because we start where we are and we practice and practice and it's like lifting weights. Uh, so the repetition is what builds the muscle so we can go to a heavier weight and it takes time and it takes practice. That's the same with speaking. Um, anytime we have an opportunity to speak publicly, this is practice. So it's really important for us to get our head thinking that wherever we are, this is an opportunity. And if we become a little anxious or cautious in certain circumstances, those are the best opportunities to practice. Because when have we ever been speaking and something unexpected didn't happen? So someone's phone rings, someone steps out, um, if we are virtual, maybe something unexpected technically happens. Uh, more times than not, I'm finding technical issues. And we are going to talk about some best practices in another section. Um, but everything that we're doing is building towards that improv phase where it's not going as planned and we start feeling uneasy or anxious about it, and we just need to go with the flow. So how do you do that? That's a skill in itself. So think right now about those places um, that cause some anxiety, that aren't so easy. And you may show that poise and confidence 
outwardly, uh, but you know yourself and you can be honest right now and say, okay, that situation does kind of throw me off my game a little bit and make that a priority when you're in that situation to speak and work through your process. What does working through your process mean? That will be through our practice stage on how to do that. Um, so have that conversation with a stranger in public. Talk to that neighbor in the grocery line. Give some eye contact and do some small talk. Um, so think about even a customer service agent. Many of us order things online. I've ordered several things that I've had to return for one reason or another. Um, connectivity issues with our newer technology, uh, a system that was not built properly. And so I've had to speak to customer service. I even had a company send me something different than what I ordered, but the packing slip said what I ordered. And so these are opportunities uh, to practice the speaking. Remember that when we have a message to give, the message is for them. It's for our audience. And it's not about me. So being other-minded, that will really take the pressure off. Uh, because as people, we want to hear something that's going to help us. Like, what is the main takeaway? And we want it to be practical. And so speak to that. Uh, it's very important um, to be other-minded. What do you want? What do you need to convey to others? What is the focus? And that is your thread throughout the whole presentation. Um, the emotional connection, that is a very powerful key in communication. And how do we connect with other people? As vulnerable as we can be to let that guard down and let some emotional expression come out, that is how we will connect with others' emotional side. So if I'm speaking technically and I'm giving facts, that connects to people's minds. So when I begin expressing an emotion and experience, that will connect to people's hearts. And that's where we need to go uh, to capture the audience. When people connect, it means that they can relate somehow. Now, there is an old saying, don't look at them uh, and imagine something different. And we're rethinking that. Uh, many times the audience, when I'm speaking, the way that they're looking is just no expression at all. Um, and I observe that, and I observe that in myself when I'm in an audience. We're very intensely listening, um, and we're looking at the slides. We're processing the information. It's going kind of fast. And so just knowing that that is normal, people are going to look like they're staring at us like a deer in headlights sometimes, and it's their processing, um, and that's okay. Try to observe some of the nonverbals in the audience uh, to adjust. Um, are their arms crossed? Okay, so when we become defensive and we notice, we go like this, and we do it not realizing. So it's subconscious. So if you see 
a, a person or a group of people doing this speak to it. Don't call them out, but start speaking to what you think could have been um, portrayed and maybe misperceived. So I'm going to give an example. Um, in some of my talks, it's very candid on how to create change. So when I speak, it's the how to create healthy culture and having more free emotional expression in our work lives and in our communities and being more comfortable with that. And so women may ask and they have asked publicly, how do we change the um, culture at work when we have been belittled when we cried or expressed emotion or some anxiety about something? And my response has been, for those who feel marginalized, um, the ones with the privilege need to speak up because the ones with the privilege have power. And who has power in our society? Who is the majority in leadership? It's white middle-aged men. So when I speak about this, it, I have the intention to say, in no way are we criticizing white middle-aged men. I love that you're here because you are actually the change agent. You have the power. And watch it. When that leader starts showing the vulnerability and speaking up for that woman that portrayed the emotion and normalizing it, then the culture will begin shifting. So leadership is that important. Um, so watch that. Like if you see several uh, middle-aged white men start to fold the arms or maybe the foot is tapping, maybe they're shaking their head. We also do that. We go like this or we go or we may go like this. Um, some people side talk. Don't let that disrupt you. That may just be how they process. So I'm an introvert. I process on the inside and I've seen some people... Like I had two business associates sitting in the front and they were talking to each other and they're both extroverted. And so my takeaway from that was they're processing this and some very insightful questions came from them. Um, so that is the communicate, be aware of what is being said as well as how it's being said in our body language. Um, Amy Cuddy, she talks about the um, power pose and she talks about fake it till you make it. So we may be really nervous on the inside and what she teaches and does research about is when we take a power pose, it changes what's happening on the inside. It um, tricks our brain for our brain to think, oh, that's a victory pose. This is victory. Uh, so there's nothing shallow about this. And so what is the power pose? It's a superhero pose. So think about a superhero and do one of those poses. So I'm thinking of the superheroes back in the 70s and 80s, the Wonder Twin Powers, uh, where they would have the ring and they would say, Wonder Twin Powers. That's when I was a kid. And so literally, I mean, it's going like this and standing up with the diaphragm full of breath. And this is, we're going to practice some of this in the practice section, uh, but having the confidence 
on the outside helps us with the inside. And of course, we're not going to go out on stage or in our team meeting or on Zoom doing this. Um, so, but it will make a difference to have that power pose. Um, and again, that's something nonverbal that's affecting us. And um, so every expression is being observed. There needs to be a congruency. So people will notice if we're not congruent in what we're saying and how we're saying it. So for instance, if I start talking uh, with an angry emotion, it will affect the emotion of the audience and people will put those barriers up. And if I'm wondering, well, why are people looking so defensive all of a sudden? Then I need to check the how I'm speaking. Or if I become very anxious, um, a lot of times when we're angry is because we are fearful and anxious. And those two emotions are on the same continuum is what neuroscientists are finding. And so it doesn't matter where, whether we say I'm afraid or I'm anxious or I'm stressed. Sometimes stress is a safer word for people to use. It's not an emotion, but people will identify it and feel more psychologically safe to admit it. So whatever word you're using, uh, that, that internal state, we all experience it. And it's important to be composed and exude that confidence um, in our speech, in our vulnerability, uh, and not to be afraid if some of that does show and just to be um, flowing with it and to admit some things that, oh, well, did you notice that ring and make a little joke about it? It kind of, it kind of threw me off for a minute. Um, and so we're told sometimes, you know, don't bring attention because people don't know you're off your script. But if you really did get knocked off your script and you kind of lost your words, it's okay. Just say, yeah, so I let that ring kind of get me um, a little rattled, you may have noticed. And it made me think of and have some stories. We're going to go into storytelling. But just have an opportunity there to go on a little tangent because your process got disrupted it may have disrupted your presentation and people felt it. So this is when we go on the little tangent and call it out and, and tell the little story. And then people will relax with you and then come back to it. Most of the time, people do not realize that we didn't flow exactly or that something kind of distracted us. And we were able, able to pick it up quickly. So we do not have to pay attention to that. We can just keep going. Um, and so we will be talking also about improv, which is very important. So our story, we all have a story. And this is how people connect with our story. Uh, have you noticed all of the reality TV that people just love it? And why is that? It's because we see other people's lives and we realize, oh, we're not alone in these struggles. Uh, we have so much in common. Um, so every time we tell our story, something shifts in us. So it's never going to be the same again. You cannot step in the same river twice. 
the river has flown and you have changed. That's really powerful. And every time someone hears our story and they receive it, they change. Something's happening in our brain and it's called mirror neurons. And this is a recent discovery that neuroscientists have identified through the fMRI. It's the same part of the brain. So when you are speaking and the brain is lighting up, the brains of your audience are lighting up. We do talk about the brain. Uh, we will have a PowerPoint um, in this section on that. And it's important to realize that uh, and that uh, when we are watching a sports game and we watch one of our favorite athletes get hurt, what do we do? Ouch! Because same part of the brain. We're not being hurt, but we're feeling that pain. We're experiencing it with them. Um, or how do you feel as a parent when you give a gift to your child and they have been wanting that gift and it means so much to them? we're about as happy or even happier than they are. And we're experiencing that together. That's happening in the brain. It's called mirror neurons. Um, so if you have the same story, it means you haven't changed. And it's important for us to change and to flow and to grow because we gain even more insight and build stronger skill. So go with the flow, go with the variance, show the growth. Having said this, practice your story, practice your presentation, practice your key points. Because when we have the flow, we can have that variance and keep that structure. And it's very important to practice the bare bones structure with that key takeaway and not to vary from that. And when we can thread it through with that main takeaway and people can see it in our topics that we talk about, in the research that we show, in the stories that we tell, then their brain is going to literally light up and they are going to connect and they're going to appreciate what you are speaking to them. It's, it's for them. What others see in the story tells where they are in life. So have you ever heard about dream analysis and that the dream is about the dreamer? So someone may say to me, Alexia, I had a dream about you. And it doesn't mean that their dream is true about me. It's about them. So what is their dream about me telling them? It's the same where we share our story and people may have different takeaways. And we're thinking, how did you get that out of my story? It points to where that person is at in their life. Ask them, what is the story that you heard? Focus groups are really powerful. Um, and I love getting the feedback forms to look at what people thought. And the more details people give, then I do have an increased self-awareness and I improve. 
I improve the content, the delivery, and I take that very seriously. And I see the different viewpoints and perspectives because we connect with the story wherever we are at. It's more about the listener. Um, so storytelling, it's very psychodiagnostic, telling us where each person is at who listens. Adjust to their perception, speak to it. Tell it another way. Remember that the public speaking is for the audience and there's diversity in the audience. And so we're speaking to people maybe of different cultures, uh, people um, of different IQ levels, people of different ages, people maybe speak other languages and English isn't the primary language. I know a lot of students are worldwide and um, I'm amazed that English is spoken so well as a second language. I speak Greek, it was actually my first language and I grew up in Tennessee and I learned English and we spoke Greek in the home. Uh, but now my Greek is very conversational. So it's a challenge for me to pick up a newspaper and read it. Um, even though I do read Greek and I can text in Greek with the Greek alphabet. Um, so if you can take classes in English and it's a second language, uh, for me, that's amazing. And I have to remember as a speaker, who is my audience? And are most people speaking a second language? And how can I speak more clearly with the language that I'm using? the words that I'm describing things with to use more general words than words we would use in academia. Uh, because I know if someone was speaking to me in Greek and I was listening to this presentation, I would really need it broken down in some basic conversational words that I use uh, with my family and friends currently, because I know what I practice. And I haven't gone to school and studied in the Greek language. It was all in the English language and that really affected my proficiency with the language. Um, so remember public speaking is for them. I'm preparing a talk for Microsoft in Europe. Uh, Microsoft has amazing diversity and inclusion initiatives. And so this is a global AI conference for students. And the software engineer from Microsoft who is facilitating this conference, he said to me, these are students from Africa and these are students from India. And you may be wondering, well, why are you speaking to them? It's the ethics and artificial intelligence um, and the bias and the fairness and the privacy concerns. So as they build tech so they can think about the ethics. So as I'm preparing my slide deck and as I'm preparing my speech and the stories, the case studies that I'm going to tell, um, I definitely want to relate stories worldwide. Um, and I definitely want to tell them and speak very clearly and deliberately. 
because the audience isn't from Tennessee and they're not from America and they can't listen to me uh, speak in my dialect that I speak with the American accent. Um, and so that being mindful, who is your audience and how do you need to adjust and what do you need to adjust? And what are the considerations? Uh, we can't think of all of this on our own. And so it's important to have a person that we can reflect some thoughts and to say, this is what I've considered so far. What other considerations um, are there for this audience? Um, how can I relate things effectively so they can connect? Because we're also talking about different cultures. Um, and I certainly want them to understand the ethics with the heart of how I'm speaking. It's important um, how we manage the gravity of artificial intelligence ethically. Uh, and so for me to speak to someone in tech is very valuable um, to, for them to help me understand the audience. Lastly, uh, before we close this lecture and go on, we have two PowerPoints, one on stories and the other one is on the brain. And every time I talk about brain health, I'm talking about gratitude. Uh, so we're going to have those two PowerPoints. And before we wrap this up, another thought. We have not taught until people have learned. Um, so we may think we communicated and we communicated well, and it may be very true. We may be thinking, I really nailed that. And the listener may say, but I didn't understand it, or this part wasn't clear, or you kind of went too fast. And I need you to slow down. I've gotten that feedback in real time. And I appreciated it because I could adjust. And so if you're like me and we're all human, it can be jolting to get feedback, especially in the moment of the presentation. Now, I'm very happy that people feel comfortable and psychologically safe enough to do that, to be able to say, hey, wait a minute, I need this from you. You know, I was speaking to a group of accountants. It was at their national meeting. And um, I was asked a question in the middle of my presentation because they didn't understand what I was saying. So I related it to a story that I had told and I got this. So I told another story. And from that story, it was an actual study of people. And then I looked at the person and I looked at the audience and I said, you have to experience this to have that aha moment. And so we need to remind ourselves of this concept that it's research backed. And when we begin experiencing it, then, then we'll begin to understand it deeper. It was the power of positive emotions and keeping that positive mindset. And we're gonna talk about this in the opportunity section um, that we definitely need to keep that positive mindset away from all the distractions and stressors of life 
regulating all of that daily because we're missing opportunities that are around us. And it was really hard to grasp, what are you talking about? Give us some concrete examples. So in the middle of my talk, keynote speech, I'm interrupted. And this was the facilitator of the conference. And I appreciated this because if she could admit to everyone, I need clarification, then there's wonderful role model of ask questions. There's never a stupid question. And when you need clarity, you need clarity. And it's not about the person. It's about me. It's that I wasn't effectively teaching it. That has just made me better because now when I teach that same topic, I will give more detail and be more clear. So I thank you. These tips may sound a little different and it's really the organic from the inside out. How do we build the skill so we can be effective? Uh, part of my story is when I was four years old and I was put in preschool, I only spoke Greek. And my mother, she would say in English, tell your teacher, good morning, teacher. And I'd repeat those words, good morning, teacher. But all my thinking was in Greek. And I actually have this memory of going up to the teacher and it came out in Greek. Now I was so excited to go speak to my teacher in English. And when it came out in Greek, I felt shame. And I forgot the English words and I hung my head and went to my seat. And that shame, I held on to it. And it was a selective mutism um, experience where I had a lot to say, but I wouldn't speak because of that trauma, if you will. It affected my communication. And so how I worked out of that as a kid, nobody flagged it. It was the 70s. We weren't as advanced with mental health issues as we are today. And a quiet kid, teachers aren't worried about a quiet kid. And what was interesting, I was very interactive at home. Um, and with an environment that I was comfortable and felt safe in, and with the Greek language as a little kid. And I was very uncomfortable in school with the English language, even though I was proficient and I had good grades and I could pass the tests. And I was very insecure about speaking and had a lot of inner anxiety. So that's where my work comes from. These tips and methods have really helped me because when I stepped out into life coaching and building my own business two and a half years ago, I met with a seasoned coach. And he said to me, well, to be a coach, you have to speak. I said, I do. And this frightened me very much. And he said, yes, these are the components. You're facilitating meetings, you're holding workshops, and you're speaking, and you're also coaching. And businesses are hiring you to coach their employees. And so I remember my reaction to him. How would you not know that, Alexia? Well, I just didn't know um, that people need opportunity to get to know us. As an introvert, I found that I have a lot to say, and I don't know if you can relate to that. You know, people say to me, 
I'm an introvert. And I say, I'm an introvert as well. And there's something about us because we haven't spoken much that public speaking works really well because it gives us a platform to say what we've been thinking about all these times. And so there's an opportunity for all of us. All of us have something valuable to say and we can do it. Like if I could break out of all that anxiety um, two and a half years ago, and then with the video, uh, videotaping myself, if you see an earlier video somewhere online where I'm beginning to teach and it's a homemade video from the iPhone um, or where I'm talking about the coaching to people, it's not to the skill level that it is now. I did it. I made myself do it. I was shaking on the inside and I worked through that process. So that's where this class is coming from is break through those blocks, break through those barriers and keep going because it's a skill that we can all build.